0: Welcome to the meetup for the 31st, We've got a jam packed day for today. So to meet, make up for for last time, I thought we could do something quite interesting today. So I was going to introduce to you forecasting. A book that I'll want to share with you is economic and business forecasting by John Sylvia and and i Professor Iqbal, Azir Iqbal. So, last week we talked about Colorado data. And so, there's been a lot of talk about what, what may happen in 2021. So, we're going to build a forecasting model. So, first, we need to take into consideration that, you know, we need to, you know, maybe have a set-in-stone methodology for forecasting, so we're going to follow these 10 steps. Number one, we need to know what we're forecasting. Number two, we need to understand the purpose of forecasting. We need to acknowledge the cost of forecasting. We need to rationalize the horizon. We need to know what variables we're using. We need to know what forecasting model we're using. We then need to know how to present the results. We need to know how to how to decipher the results. We need to iterate over time using recursive methods. So we need to not just leave this. We need to keep working with it. And then we need to understand that the model may evolve over time. So we may understand, we may figure out new and better ways to forecast. just we'll we'll actually uh, come back to the the statistics here in a bit so sorry for the rocky introduction but we'll just go ahead and start here so knowing what we're going to forecast so we've been working with the data in Colorado so last week We showed how given sales, so given sales and plants, we were able to calculate a production function for Colorado. And we were able to estimate a competitive wage and the real rate of capital in Colorado. So those were historic. So if you wanted to set wages or invest in 2021, you, it would be useful to know what you could expect the minimum wage or the competitive wage and the rate of return of capital to be. So that will bring us to step two, understanding the purpose of forecasting to get better expectations for the size of the Colorado cannabis industry in 2021. Let me pause real quick and get my coffee, and then we'll move on to step three. Alright, so after all, we're doing T, so <laughs> here's to an awesome day. Alright, so bearing with me. We're now going to understand the forecasting error. So After all, we're using this to predict the number of plants and the number of sales. So if we overstate, we may lead to foolhardy decisions. But if we understate, we may leave money on the table. We're just going to rationalize the forecasting horizon. So we're just going to estimate 2021. We think 2021 should be informative. Any time frame less than that, it may not be worthwhile. And then any longer time frame, we start to lose credibility in our forecasts. It may be worthwhile to forecast 2022. Anything beyond 2022, you start to have a good bit of skepticism you start to approach with a good lens of skepticality. Next, we want to understand our choice of variables. We're simply going to be using sales and plants. And under the principle of never throwing away data we're going to be using the time frame of january 2014 through june of 2020 to introduce the forecasting model we've been working with regressions so this is actually an theoretical model that utilizes your standard regression model. So we're essentially saying that sales or plants in time period T Depend on sales in T minus one, and they may depend on sales in T minus two, all the way up to a certain period. So This is not theoretical, but it's a useful way of modeling data. And it actually can be quite useful for forecasting. And then the moving average process is essentially saying that the error also depends on errors from prior periods. And we'll approach that with our, statistical model. As always, we'll want to show the data. This best way to do that, if you know of Edward Tuft, is a figure. And we'll want to look at the forecasting results. We'll want to look for seasonality. We may want to look at the totals. So anything of interest? Of course, you want to use your methods. So after we make our forecasts in several months time, we'll want to come back and double check the forecasts, see how far they were off, and perhaps make new forecasts for the coming year. So perhaps in six months time, we can double check the forecasts, see how far we are, we're off, and try to do better next time. And that's, takes in that leads us into principle 10, understanding that the forecasting models will evolve over time. For example, we may see that there's seasonality and think of ways to control for seasonality or introduce seasonal effects. So, There's a quick, dirty presentation. And so now let's go ahead and jump into the data. We are working with the same data set we worked with two weeks ago. This data that we've collected from the Colorado reports, these are quarterly reports. So currently we only have data through June of 2020 we have data on the number of people working we have the number of plants we have total revenue we have some so we have some interesting metrics here so first things first we're going to go ahead and use our good friends pandas and we're going to read in the data, always look at the data, look sound, and so now I'll introduce you to a forecasting model that I wrote several years ago. So we are essentially using ARIMA from STATS model. In ARIMA, will calculate this model for us. So we're essentially estimating an ARP plus. In right, so we're estimating essentially an ARMA p here. So we're essentially combining these two processes. Sorry for that dirty writing. How are we going to pick the best model? Well, this is where I wanted to introduce to you the concept of root mean squared error. So here we take our actual minus the predicted. And you would sum that over all of the periods where you've made predictions, and you have actual events. Well, how do we have predictions if we don't have actuals? Or, I mean, how do we ca- how do we calculate a root mean squared prediction if we don't have predictions? So essentially, we're going to utilize a holdout period. So here we're going to have a holdout period of a certain amount of months. So looking at this data, it's relatively arbitrary, but I think a holdout period of six months may be an interesting span of time. So you could essentially use all of the data up to December of 2019, and then forecast the first six months of 2020, and then whichever model forecasts the first six months the best you'll then use that model to then go ahead and predict all the way you know through you know through December of 2021 so we're going to make forecasts for the next 18 months. So just to kind of give you a, a brief of this code, just to kind of show you what's going on under the hood, nothing nothing fancy, essentially we're just taking a time series, we're separating it into a training period and a testing period, and then that's just going to be by the holdout period. then we're essentially going to scan ARMA's p and q so if you go back to the presentation you'll see that p and q are arbitrary so you can have an arbitrary number of regressors auto autoregressive regressors. And you can have however many moving average regressors. So we can calculate an infinite number of models. So we're going to limit our scope of models. So we're essentially going to limit the lag order to perhaps six. So we're essentially, you could do more. This morning I tried it with 12 and it, it just wouldn't estimate. So the more data you have, you can typically use longer processes, but you can also use some rationality and, you know, you may not want observations from that long ago to you know, using to predict what's happening in period T. So you can use a mix of common sense plus what actually forecasts the best. So we're gonna limit our scan of ARMA models to six. So now we're basically just going to loop and we're just gonna say, okay, so now we're so for P, for Q, We essentially just create an ARIMA model. And this is actually does a rolling forecast where you, you, you iterate, you You, you'll use the your, your forecast to go ahead and predict a new model in each iteration. Once you've estimated a ARIMA model for each P-Q combination, Keeping in mind that if, if the model will not fit, so if, even if you're only doing it to six lags, if it still is an unstable model, then we're essentially ignoring it. So we're just ignoring unstable models and keeping the forecasts and the root-mean-squared errors of successfully fit models. Using the root-mean-squared error of the handful of ARIMA PQs we estimated, right, so we're basically estimating Right, so we're essentially estimating, right? Like an ARIMA, like zero zero one. Well, let's just think of it as ARMA, like zero one, like ARMA zero two. You know, ARMA one zero. Or my two zero or my one one, so on and so forth. You're then going to see which of these models predicts these variables the best. So does the ARMA one does the ARMA 2 does the ARMA 1-0? Which one of these predicts total revenue the best for our holdout period? And then we'll select that model to go ahead and predict the next 18 months. So we've identified the minimum root mean squared error. We're going to use that model to predict the the forecast period. So
1: is this like a grid search? It is.
0: It it's essential it is a grid search. It's um and you could make it more complex, um, you know. To, a for you know, this is just scratching the surface of what you can do. So this is what you would call an auto arma, or an auto. Well, this isn't even an arema, This is an arma. So this is an auto arma. So you're essentially scanning, you're like, you're doing a grid search of a handful of models and then picking the best one. So just to kind of, so that's the, the logic that abstracted away and actually use it. So we're going to be using a lag order of six. We're going to be using the six holdout periods, and then we're going to forecast 18 periods ahead. So I wonder if we could print out Let's just let it run. In. All right. So, so here we go. So see, here we're fitting a bunch of different models. You'll see that this maximum likelihood. So the ma- the mo- the models being fit by maximum likelihood. So you're seeing some error statements being printed out when the model fails to converge. And that will and happen if you've essentially overfit the model. So if you try to pack in too many regressors. So for what they call high order ARMAs, so like an ARMA 6.6 with very little data would likely fail to converge, and so see here we're getting into these higher order ARIMAs like ARIMA four six failed to converge. So it looks like these higher order aremas are mostly failing. So. Well. And here's our final six 6.6 looks like it's having a little difficulties. <laughs> all right. And so uh, after all that rigmarole, we we got our best model. As in ARIMA four six, well, an ARMA four six. So we're basically saying that we think that there are four autoregressive terms and six moving average terms or regressors. And rule number one, show the data. So here is essentially our forecast for the next 18 months. Um, So I wonder if we can add an index on this real quick, so so it'll be a bit more informative. well that's maybe not the best way to do it let's see how to create a quick
1: yeah there is a you know a really slick yeah. pandas way to do this but i can't tell you off the top of my head I'm not that familiar either Ooh, um,
0: um, anywho uh, that's essentially brings us to knowing how to present the results so now we need to get this into a, a decent looking figure
1: okay but so is this um so this is like an ensemble. You have a series of regressors, right? And so you're you're taking you're coming up with a final result using a series of regressors, and then like a bit of weighted average of them. So it's kind of like a or yeah yeah or you're weighting them. So this is like an ensemble of regressors. Um. Uh,
0: so here. Just to show you a bit more detail of what's going on here, so let's now that we've 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 decided okay, this ARIMA 4.6 is the best model. Let me just show you what an ARIMA is. I think um, I think that would be a, a light a lightening. This is a four. So let's see if we can't fit this model real quick. So then you can print model summary. Well, maybe not. Okay, so this is essentially the regression that we ran. So we have 78 observations. We have a constant. We then have four of these moving average, to, I mean, of these autoregressive terms and these are those their coefficients so you see a positive coefficient on beta one so that would indicate higher sales in the previous period would lead to higher sales in you know period t however you can't really remember the Box-Jenkins methodology is a-theoretical. So you really can't put too much interpretation on these coefficients. But essentially what you have here are your, your four auto-aggressive terms. And you have your six moving average terms. I can maybe send you some material on how to calculate the moving averages. It's, um, you know, it's a little bit more involved, but it's, um, So I'll, I'll want to I'll want to get some material on moving averages and add those to the repository for you. Do you still have, does that answer your question or, or you still have the question?
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I, I see what's going on. I mean, it's sort of like, it's actually more like a a neural network where the output is it's a weighted sum of um of these outputs right these auto regressors you could think of it you could think of it that way
0: if you want if you essentially if you want to, um, to think of beta as as your weight um but but keep in mind, it's almost more of like a, a magnitude versus a weight, right? Because so some of these may have negative coefficients. Um, right, because if it was just weighted, then it would, they would all have a positive effect. But, you know, some of these may have a negative effect. Some may have a positive effect. You know, some may have a small, some may have a large effect.
1: Okay, yeah, I I, I get the gist of what's going on. That's awesome. And so,
0: this is, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an ad hoc way to forecast, but, you know, as you saw... Oh, whoops I'm just fitting this whole thing again well here let's let's just do this same thing but maybe with with plants. to to a smaller here yeah in the remaining time why don't we just do it with plants and then add the add the time series so we can actually interpret our results (laughs) because we still have a good 15 minutes left so okay so now let's rinse and repeat let's reduce the lag order to three just to make things more manageable. And then while we're doing that, I'm going to do a quick Google search for how we can add a um, two things. One, we need to add time index to a pandas series. Then two, we need to create, you know, time series between, you know, two points. And see if there's not any good solutions okay so that's not what we want Um, bear with me but this is (laughs) this is how you get this is how the sausage gets made um sometimes So we'll, we'll do total revenue for the time being. And I'll refactor this to a leader point. So.
1: It, yeah, you, some, you have to make like a list of the dates that you want as the index. And then when you create the series, um, use that list tell it to use that list as the index but i can't tell you like the exact syntax off the top of my head i i would have you know i it's something i would have to look up too.
0: But, yeah, it, it's one of those things where i think i've coded it up before but instead of digging for an old snippet i think i'm going to see if we can't just code this up real quick um so apologize for making you bear through this Oh, no, that's, that's
1: fine. I I do this all the time. So,
0: let's see if we can't, because we're basically, we're just trying to go um, until 2022, essentially. Let's see if. Okay, that looks like That actually looks like the index we want, so I wonder if we can just do... Not so painful after all. See, this is why Pandas is just a, a beauty to work with. Um, <laughs> so now we've, you know, just in a matter of five minutes, we added the, the time index on there. So now we can actually move on to, so now we actually have presented the data in a fairly acceptable manner. So now we can actually decipher the forecasting results. So we're essentially forecasting, it looks like monthly sales. I wanna say that, I guess we could maybe even plot this I wonder if we could plot this in millions. Okay, awesome. So now I've essentially plotted this in millions of Canada sales. So you'll see that we forecasted sales will dip down in October and January to about 165 million a month and then increase, increase during the summer and peak at around $195 million a month in Colorado um, in July, July, June and July. Um, So that is, you know, quite, you know, quite a lot of revenue. And so just to remember, so if we hold out the, the first six months, because that's
1: 2020.
0: You know, you're looking at about $2 billion worth of sales forecasted in Colorado in 2021 so so that's you know so that's how we essentially you know we'll want to now use recursive methods so now hold me to that so now you know so now mark mark you know mark my words on you know March, 31st, 2021, we predicted that in 2021, so we're looking into the future, we're predicting that there's going to be 2 billion, 2.1 billion dollars worth of sales in Colorado in 2021. So now, well, it's, it's a, we play the waiting game. So now we'll wait and as this data comes out, we can double check our forecasts and, and we can wait till the year's over, you know, plus time for them to get the data out. And we can see if, you know, this two, $2.1 billion was that far off. And so how do we do that? We'll use our root mean squared error so it's nicely defined we'll simply take the actual in 2021 minus our predicted so we'll actually have a measure of how well this forecasting model predicted and that brings us to the final step you know Understand that this can evolve over time. So remember, we we estimated the you know the ARIMA four six. Maybe next time we won't even use ARIMA. Maybe next time we'll just use a theoretical regression model, or maybe you could compare it to your manager's rule of thumb forecast. So there's you know there's a bunch of different mechanisms of forecasting so you could use an entirely different model or you could just use a slightly different ARMA model or you could use the exact same ARMA model but with more data less data a longer training period a shorter training period Less memory, so you may not want to include data going all the way back to 2014 if you think there's been a structural change. So there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of toggles that you can adjust on your forecast. So that's why it's an iterative process because This is our initial forecast, but there's always room for improvement. So that brings us near to the end. And so I'm going to go ahead and I guess turn it to questions and do you have any just questions about this quick and dirty forecasting that we've done, Charles?
1: um no no this was this was really good um i'd be interested to see you know like some some other kind of models how they would you know how they would predict versus versus this but, but um yeah this was this was interesting this, uh you know that's kind of my whole thing right now is i i know i understand the programming end of it and i can wrangle the data all i want but like what you do with it is what I'm having. It's kind of what I'm struggling with, or trying trying to learn, um, you know. And so these are these are good. These are interesting techniques, and um, these are the things that I don't know. Well, uh, I'm awesome
0: to, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm awesome. It's awesome to hear that, Charles, and. You know, I just sort of want to to share those things with you because a lot of these are, you know, they're just tools to see a lot of mileage. Um, so you know, like the ARM forecasting, like people in a lot of different industries use that, and you know well these are just sort of tools of economists so that's maybe why why i know them but but yes it's it's awesome to share them with you so if you so so let me get get that formally so you essentially are looking for new forecasting models or new data science techniques or
1: i mean i i I, I, I know most of them i you know I, i know most of the models and how to use them and stuff but Like, I don't, like, yeah, like these, um, these, um, you know, the the way that you apply them to economics, like, I, yeah, I don't really have a good grasp of, like, how to apply them to real world things.
0: I see. Well, that's exactly what we're doing here in the the data science meetup group is we're essentially, we're taking the, economic theory, we're using some statistics, and we're applying that to real world cannabis data, because we're empiricists, and we want to take what we're given. So remember, remember, this all comes from well, you remember, so this all comes from the the Colorado all these Colorado data dumps. So we're, you know, we're just taking this raw data, like this is as raw as it gets. It's not even in in Excel, it's just raw from PDFs, just completely raw. We're getting it into an acceptable format as an Excel spreadsheet, like is the very least we can do and then we're reading it in and then we're using you know modern statistics economic theory and we're we're applying it to try to make useful insights you know we're trying to have some some useful takeaways here and so what's what's exciting about this is remember we were calculating the competitive wage over time and the historic rate of return over time well now you can even forecast that forward and then apply these data points to your economic theory so that way you can make predictions about will wages rise or fall in 2021 which is which is an incredibly helpful insight to people working in the cannabis industry because knowing what the actual wage may be isn't that useful, but knowing if the wage may rise or fall, you know, that could, that could be vitally important to someone trying to staff their business.
1: Yeah, no, this if, is... This is really. This is all really cool. This is, you know, this is the kind of stuff they don't teach you in these in classes, um, and just like dealing with these large pandas data frames. I mean, you never encounter that in a class. You never learn like these tricks. Um,
0: exactly. then pandas is a big, a big tool toolbox. So it's tough to get all the pieces.
1: Right. And, and they always give you these sort of toy problems, but these are actually like real problems using like real, uh, you know, real, th- real theory, um, you know, coming out with like sort of real, res- you know, real estimates. Um, so this is good. This is kind of the stuff I, you know, this is this has been really helpful.
0: Ah, well, that's awesome to hear, Charles. And, and then here in this last minute, or two, I'm just going to add a time index to the data, just so we can can't see if we can't just plot everything. as a total revenue. There. And so now, this is sort of sort of our takeaway from today, right? So we we have the historic sales going way up and you know you not you naively may think oh this is just going to go on forever but our model is smart enough that it's it's taken into account a little bit of this business cycle seasonality so you have you know so you are actually you know as you can see it's smooth So it's not, you know, a perfect forecast, but it can at least kind of give you, you know, an idea of the path that sales may take in the coming year. So I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up for today. but it was a little bit of a you know a quick and dirty exercise so it could have could have been a bit cleaner and so for next week may clean it up a bit and extend upon it so that way we can do forecasts and actually apply economic theory to the forecast Just want to thank you for coming and i'll be including it here so see you all next week okay see you thanks all right see you charles have an awesome day
1: you too